0: Good morning, folks. I say good morning because it is currently 7 a.m. and I'm doing voiceovers, editing, and even a little bit of Photoshop fun times. This episode is number 8.2. We talk about our times at New York Comic Con 2017. Also, a little housekeeping. I think we're going to be getting away from the point episodes. Instead of breaking up long podcasts, we're just going to be a little more disciplined and stop recording after about mm, somewhere between 40 and 60 minutes. We don't have quite a fixed length in mind, but that's pretty much the range we're looking for. Um, Also be on the lookout. We are going to be having a Halloween-themed episode, which is going to be episode 9, and that is going to drop tomorrow, October 30th. Ladies and gentlemen.
1: Welcome to your doom.
0: That, like I said, what it was two weeks ago, um, and we did it all three days. I think we went kind of midway through Friday. We kind of just used Friday as kind of like a yeah, to scope, scope out of what's the scene, see yeah. what we want to see, and then did pretty much full days on Saturday and Sunday, yeah, um, which is usually a good strategy. I find um, trying to go full hog the first day without really having a lay of the land is really a lot, it's kind of daunting, you don't really know where to go yet. Um, just taking a day to just kind of like do half day kind of scope out where you want to see or what you want to see where everything is have a lay of the entire floor totally something you should do yeah um, I've done that when we were in San Diego I did that here and we did it again this year it's just it, to me it's the way to go yeah it makes the a lot
1: easier agreed um, yeah. yeah there was a you know getting the tickets to New York Comic Con is like an ordeal in and of itself um, yeah it usually. was just kind of a you used to get professional passes. Yeah. So the professional passes were the best because you know I could just call you when, it, when you were in LA. I was in New York. I'm like, hey, those uh, any professional passes left? Yeah, sure. And then you just shipped them over to me. Yeah, yeah. They were. Yeah, I think it, it, was, it was just like, like some, 40
0: bucks for like all four days or something like that. It was like dirty. it was
1: great, and I didn't have to sit at a computer and hit refresh yeah. like 50 times, coordinate purchasing with right. between three different people and. It's just, you know, and then register the badges. It's just like they've really locked down yeah. the purchase process, which I, I actually I think is a good thing. It's a good thing. I think, it's it's a th- good. I think it makes things as fair as fair can be. I'm a big fan of being fair
0: to anybody and everybody about anything. It's <sighs> just, it's That's general. Just like a blanket statement. It is. <laughs> it's a blanket statement. Well, it's a blanket statement if you like being fair, right? <laughs> I look at it this way. Okay, this is, you want to hear this? This is, this is where my fairness worries come from. I always want to be fair to people. It has to do with eating with them. Because exactly. I eat like a fucking monster. Yeah, you've seen me. It's uh, a yeah. frightening thing. Yeah. If I don't they have keep like an eye, BBC documentaries based y- on you, this. You know, I I got Bobby Fisher stuff going on in my head when I'm at the dinner table, and it's like a sharing or like situation. A thing, I'm keeping an eye on everybody's plate. Like, all right, we started off with eight chicken thighs. I have had one, and there are seven people at this table. I'm only going to have one. That is my entire, and that's it. Like I'm rationing. Like, yeah, okay, I get this. Quite, it's insane. I am out of my mind. That's so funny. So that's why that like to me it's always like I got to be fair. I got to be fair. It all stems from like keep an eye on what everybody else is eating. You don't want to eat everything on the table because you can and you eat faster than everybody. So anyways.
1: Well, you're a big boy. I'm a big boy. Um, I just like to see like, you know, Terminator vision or Predator vision. But like (laughs) Justin vision at at, like the dinner table. It's just like like inventorying everything like chicken thighs, six pieces of bread. Uh, like you know, a salad bowl and like estimated weight of salad bowl. If you test like, you this. get this much of this, uh, this many grams of salad. This one, you know, this number of chicken breasts. Next time I eat it, like at your family's house or something like that, right? Or I want you we're to sharing- say everything you're
0: thinking no, about no. the dinner table out loud <laughs>
1: that that's what be. i want you to do you're just constantly talking. talking i wouldn't stop talking because then like okay if, then when i've
0: eaten my what i feel is my portion i'm there i'm like all right these people slowing down mommy hasn't eaten anything in a little while oh no <laughs> over there uncles. oh he's going for some more more rogan Josh. okay I can't have. Any you sound Rogue like a George. commentator I, i'm honestly like that's what's going on in my head because i'm
1: always like i want more food, I want, oh, food. The- <laughs> I want more food i want more food you know what you know what you remind me of you <laughs> remind me of uh <laughs> On like the original like the '80s Transformers run, there was a there was a combiner named Computron. Computron, yeah. yeah. And Computron would just be like datum calculating, uh, laser blast to knock whatever. You know, like he would always just say datum, and he's just like calculating datum, datum. <laughs> and I just like feel like that's what you are at the table. You're just like analyzing things. Yeah. So uh, that'd be great. Anyways, I respect. Anybody
0: that can be as fair as possible about anything, whether it's food or tickets or God knows what else.
1: (laughs) I love the food just extends to the rest of your life. That's like... Food and drink, too. Like, yeah. Fair. Anyways. anyways.
0: Consumption of stuff that goes in my tummy. Um, (laughs) So where do we go? Oh, that was from tickets. I missed... The reason we didn't get the pro pass this year is because I missed the professional registration. Then we bought the tickets, and then they opened Pro Reg up again for a second wave. And that's why I reached out to my buddy Kai, who met us in New York... And said, "Hey, buddy, you want to come to Comic Con?" He's like, "Yeah, I've never been, so that's why he he's also in the industry, as right? Well. Yeah, that's he worked right. with me at DreamWorks as well." So yeah,
1: we had we had a lot of fun, uh, you know, roaming the con and like going out for drinks and stuff after. Yeah, um, but yeah, and again, you kind of have to measure how often you go out because these are like all day sort of things, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, this time around, it was much more calm and like way more uh, like a chill event because since I'd been to so many and you've been to a lot, you went to San Diego like every year, right? Yeah, yeah. when you were in LA. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we I didn't want to like break ourselves on the con, you know, when I felt like I was getting tired or whatever, I just, you know, yeah pull the chute. You know, we're going to the bar and yeah. having a drink. Like, agreed. We didn't, we didn't really didn't push, push it. it. No, we didn't yeah. push it.
0: We didn't really stand in a lot of lines
1: or anything Yeah, like that. that was the one thing I didn't do this year. Like, there, were, I, there weren't there were a lot of panels I wanted to see, but we only saw one. We only saw one, and, yeah. And the first panel I was going to do was the DC metal yeah. panel. And I got in line and I looked around. I'm like, I'm too old for lines. And I just kind of left. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of, agreed. I, I just... Like, uh, I just left, and um, and anything that had a line in it, I didn't. I, I'm just like a curmudgeon, <laughs> like I'm like I'm turning into like a real like, oh man, all oh, these lines, why do I have to wait? <laughs> yeah, like that kind of thing. I I get it. I I mean, it's got
0: to be something I really want to see to to want to stand in a line for. Um Absolutely. The only thing I I I re- not regret. Well, yeah, I guess regret not getting up early for was um, the the Justice League VR game thing. Yeah, I felt Absolutely. kind of bad about
1: that because it was kind of a bender the night before. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't get up really, like, on time. And then you I, showed up at the apartment and then I like, was taking, you know... But I you know what, shower. though? Like, even by the time I got up, I think it was still too late. I think we should have been there already lined up, like, like at 9.30. That is and that f- fucking ludicrous. No, I... That's I, nice. I the, so, so, but, but... You can see the VR, like, thing on the on the monitors outside, yeah. and it looked fucking cool. It looked really neat. Yeah. yeah. It's you like were you were, like, like, an Amazon, like, slicing, like, yeah, paradem- parademons stuff, and yeah. stuff. Yeah,
0: it was just crazy. Yeah, yeah they yeah. did a really good job with it. Or at least it looked like yeah, it. it. It looked like um, it, yeah. Got to play it at some point.
1: Uh, a couple things. I remember on the first day, uh, we were, uh, you know, roaming Artist's Alley, which is the area of the, comic, of the convention that's kind of mostly just, like, writers and artists sitting at booths. And, um... Uh, doing sketches and commissions and all of that stuff. Uh, uh, we got to meet Patrick Gleason, who um, I'm a huge fan of Patrick Patrick Gleason's because uh, I was out of comics for a long time. But then in like the 2000, you know, in the early 2000s or mid-2000s, I was brought back by Green Lantern, like Green Lantern Rebirth. But then the Green Lantern Core, yeah. the book The Green Lantern Corps, when that came out, I was a huge fan of that. And Patrick Gleason was the penciler on Green Lantern Corps. And his art, he does the definitive Kilowog, like in my mind. When I see his Kilowog, I'm like, yes, that is what Kilowog should look like. Every other interpretation, I just think like pales in comparison to his. But he did such a wonderful job on that series. And like his art was a big reason why I loved that series. Yeah. And so we got to talk to him. He was really nice. He was in the middle... I think he was He was not happy. Yeah, I think he was uh I think a so, uh, 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 a lady beside us was uh, had asked for a sketch. Yeah. I don't think it was a commission. I think it I, I I don't know. It was pretty detailed. Usually, yeah, maybe it was a commission. I think it was probably a
0: commission. Yeah. And that, if it was, was th- a commission, that might make even more sense as to
1: why he's just like, you're paying me already, so I'm just going take a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because, you know, we kind of stand, I was just kind of like looking at, you know, they, they usually have binders and prints and stuff around them that they're that they're selling. So I was having a look and, and uh, this lady was, you know, really kind of like staring at him drawing what, I guess, what we think now is a commission. Yeah. And, like, I kind of looked over and he looked up and just, like, volunteered conversation. Yeah. Which is kind of like, hey, guys, like, how's it going? Whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I took the opportunity to, you know, to speak to him and and uh, talk to him about the Green Lantern Corps. And one of the things he said was he loved that job, that gig, because it never got boring. He got to make up a bunch of designs for all of the different aliens that are in the Green Lantern Corps. And he said he didn't do commissions one year, he was saying. But someone came over and said, hey, look, uh, I really would love like commission for you. He's like, oh, I'm not really doing them. Sorry. And he's like, what would it be of if you wanted it? He's like, Stell, which is uh, one of the Green Lantern Corps members that's kind of like it's just like a robot. Robot, yeah. And at one point, the robot like kind of falls apart and he's like using the ring to carry all of his pieces like, together, but he's still like functioning. And uh, and uh, because it was Stell, yeah. he said, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll do it because like, nobody asked for Stell yeah and, like, Stell was like something that he like w- had a huge part in creating and bzzzt like which was like the the bee wasp the wasp that, yeah. The, yeah and like all that stuff and it's just you know it was, a, it was a funny story coming from a really nice guy although yes I think the girl the girl who was getting the, co- the commission or the sketch was kind of giving us the evil eye because you know because was... he had stopped and like was talking to us like you know about this about this stuff so that was a lot of fun. I, it was great to meet him, and I we also met uh, another a big. I'm a big fan of this guy's art as well, Tom Mandrake. I just geeked out big time because he did uh, he he did a lot of series that I loved, particularly the Martian Manhunter series from the late '90s, I think. Late '90s, yeah. And uh, he did a book called Superman, Batman versus Vampires and Werewolves. It's as wonderful as it sounds. Let's put it that way. He's got really gothic art, and he had a lot of he had a lot of stories to tell as well. And um, and uh, yeah, so it was really great to just like meet these guys, and uh, that's what I love about Comic Con just meeting meeting people that you know that whose art you come back to mm. all the time. Yeah, uh, we also met Gabriel Rodriguez. We did. Yeah, yeah. at the IDW
0: booth. Yeah, he yeah. was. Well, if you don't know, he's the illustrator for Lock and Key. Yeah, Um, he was a super nice guy.
1: Yes, he was. I um, one thing you guys should know is that we will be doing an episode on Lock and Key. Yeah. And Justin, you've already blew through the whole series. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I, I was reading it when it came out, but I never finished it. But I recently obtained the master edition. Master edition. Master edition. Yeah. Yeah. These oversized, oversized uh, hardcovers, beautifully created, and one of the things that. Gabriel Rodriguez mentioned to us, or one of the things I noticed you know, like when you get a hardcover of a book you love, sometimes they're just kind of designed by committee. It's just like, you know, they slap a cover on and some extras and stuff. And it's not that it's bad, it's just, it's obvious that there wasn't a ton of time put into the design. Yeah. These master editions, and I'm pointing sort of over there (laughs) uh, because they're in the bookcase, but these master editions are absolutely gorgeous. They are beautiful books. Obviously designed with love, and uh, and it's no surprise when Gabriel Rodriguez had told us that he had complete creative control over the design of the Master Editions. Yeah, so it makes a hundred percent sense, and he he was it's it looked like something he was very proud of. Um, and, uh, and it, it absolutely shows. Yeah. Um, I think so. And you're going to be picking up the master editions as well, right? I actually, I was just looking it up on Amazon cause I, um, I'm going to
0: visit my, uh, my sister and brother-in-law in DC, mm-hmm. um, over some the course of next weekend and, um, amazon.com is better than amazon.ca. Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to get it shipped over there, but yeah, I've been buying that for a while.
1: By the way, three hard, well you're driving, right? Driving, yeah. yeah I was going to say, three, the three hardcover master editions, like if you have to jump on a plane with that, it's heavy. It's not, a, oh. it's not, dude. So, the weight is not trivial. So, what last is.
0: year for Christmas, we did, yeah. um, we did like a Secret Santa thing, right? Yeah. And uh, Nisha's sister got me. Um, and she bought me a couple of comics, a couple of like hardcover trades. Yeah. She was so pissed at me when she gave it to me. Yeah. She's like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Muling Mew- yeah. comics yeah. over over the <laughs> border heavy, man. yeah
1: these hardcover okay. hard trades are fucking heavy so. absolutely and and these are oversized right yeah. so they're so they are particularly heavy which is great because it's great to to read at home it just like feels substantial and right um yeah and, and uh, Gabriel Rodriguez is a very nice guy he has a new book coming out called Sword of Ages which we got a preview copy of he signed it it's an equally gorgeous book. Totally different yeah. color scheme. Yep. While, whereas Lock and Key was very gothic and sort of like muted colors. Yeah. It's um, also the writer on
0: it too. Or did you mention? Oh, well that no, no. That no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Gabriel Rodriguez
1: is also is writing and and drawing and is the creator of Sword of Ages. Yeah. And his art in here is just as good. It's totally the opposite. Far flung, colorful science fiction fantasy. Um, so I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm just looking I'm paging through it right now you could probably hear that yeah but uh, it's a neat preview edition too it is it's, it's like the first few pages are colored
0: the second ones are almost sketches I don't yeah. know what you call that. and then, and then the, the the latter part's even more sketchy
1: yeah and it looks like kind of like a King Arthur thing here I'm seeing this character sort of rosters Avalon Merlin Space Lancer King yeah. Hey, can't go wrong. No, man. Um, so yeah, no, we had a great time there. Uh, IDW in particular just produces great stuff. Obviously, the Transformers, the Transformers, Transformers books are good. Are uh, great. We're we're both huge. Uh, my fan. My entire family are huge. You know, '80s G1 Transformers fans. So. Yeah. The IDW stuff uh, it, uh, is stuff that harkens back to that age, and the books, like the quality
0: of the books, are yeah. super high. They're really nice, like really, right? really, yeah. really good quality yeah. books. The the whole IDW Transformers collection, they had a
1: bunch of them, and they're just they're top notch, gorgeous. Really, yeah, really, really IDW nice. produces great hardcovers. Yes, um, along with Archaea, which we'll we'll talk about in a bit. Like that's what the Mouse Guard. Oh you yeah, remember that Mouse Guard yep. print that we yeah. saw there? Holy fuck, that thing was. Brandon Peterson, I think his name is the creator and artist. Just a fucking phenomenal print. I would love to have that, like in, in as the ba- as the back of a bar, the backsplash of a bar or whatever, instead of like a mirror. And it, it's just an absolutely gorgeous print. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Arkea does a wonderful job producing their books as well. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, we also saw something in artist. Hell yeah! I Just thought I'd mention this. Not not really a lot to talk about here. Shirtless bear fighter. <laughs> Yes, Oh, we should have bought that. Yeah, we should have bought it and we didn't. And I'm not sure why. Uh, They had the first couple issues on sale. And it's literally a guy. uh, Basically, think of a more trim Zangief looking dude. Yeah, Yeah, but he looks like a guy I used to work with. (laughs) That's the thing. A guy I used to work with. You know, he's a big dude, bearded, short hair, but big dude. And this is the funny thing. You know, I worked with him and he would... In conversation, we had this conversation before, that he thinks he could take a bear. <laughs> I've literally had that exact conversation with holy. him, which is why I stopped yeah. at this booth. I'm like, holy shit, Wait a that's... Minute. So and so. Did you send work. him
0: that? Like, did you? I didn't you send, send, it send it to him. To, I
1: sent it to a bunch of other people I worked with. I should send it directly to him. Yeah. It's, I sent it to a bunch of other folks I worked with. I have a group chat with them, and I'm like, hey, I found, uh, I found uh, so and so's like biography, and it's a picture of shirt, like shirtless. What is it? Shirtless bear fighter. Shirtless bear fighter. And uh, it's so funny. I, I just couldn't believe that I've had this exact conversation, <laughs> with him. and the fact that this guy looks exactly like him. And uh, it just looks like a lot of fun. So it I, looks like I, a lot of fun. The, the art's quite good, actually. It is. I was really yeah. impressed with it. There was yeah. this
0: one panel where he was like back suple- suplexing, <laughs> suplexing yeah. a bear, and he was completely naked. So they actually like blurred out his junk. <laughs> yeah. And as he's suplexing him back, <laughs> it just, just actually blurs it out like it's flopping like an elephant. In the <laughs> tr- <laughs> it's like an elephant trunk flopping. So in the wind.
1: crazy. It's just kind of silly and fun.
0: Um, yeah, it's like Dan Bilzerian on steroids, is what the the character of shirtless bear <laughs> who fighter looks look. like. <laughs> Um, yeah. Did you have anything else? Like, what, what else you got? Um, well, okay, go back to the IDW booth because we got to talk about the Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah.
1: Dark Horse and IDW. Was it IDW that was playing? Both of them. Plagued plagued they were, they by this- I
0: think, yeah. I think that was like a triangle. You had Dark Horse, you had IDW, and then right in the middle of them, just offset, was the Dragon Ball Z screaming oh, geez. booth. Oh, yeah. So I don't know who, like, what company it was that was running this promotion, but basically what it was was you can go into a booth, you would scream at the top of your lungs like you're powering up. And then they slapped like a Snapchat filter on top of it, which was so like rude. fire, and like, like it was fire and stuff, but it was garbage. It was also really, really bad. Yeah, like poor. Snapchat has a lot of really good logic into how it does its filters. This was just like, stand here and don't move. Otherwise you're going to look silly. It's like, yeah. going to look silly anyway. Yeah. But everybody would go into this booth and scream at the top of their lungs, like a Dragon Ball Z character powering up. Yeah. To achieve their power level? I don't yeah. know. Anyways, any these guys would go in and just start screaming, they'd get videoed video, videotaped. God, I'm old. Videotaped. Video- what is that? No, I know. No. They'd get recorded doing that, and then they'd show them the video with the Snapchat filter thrown on top of them with their power or whatever, their their chi. And it's kind of a cool concept, but the downside of that is if you're the booth next to it the entire time during the con, and this place had a friggin' lineup the whole time. Yeah. The entire time, all you're having to deal with is people screaming bloody murder for at least a minute straight. Oh God, yeah. And then up comes the next one, and it's just
1: and screaming. And like, like, what he's doing is like, that's like a. That's, these these guys were screaming yeah. so loud. Yeah. Um, and the people at the IDW booth, I remember, where they're just like, oh God. what the fuck? Yeah. Like I couldn't the whole f- time, just like. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like, like browsing at IDW and all you hear is, oh! and i turn around <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? And they're <laughs> like, yeah, don't, don't worry the about first it. first time I heard it, yeah. I was so like confused. Yeah, I'm like, what's going on? Like somebody got their uh, leg chopped off. Yeah, like, That's what it sounded like, dismemberment. I thought it was like a cosplay thing. Like somebody
0: like, it was dressed as Goku and was doing that for somebody to record or something yeah. like that. No,
1: they were doing it. In a huge line of people, yeah. and then one after the other gets to do it. There was mind. a lot of people in that line. And uh, yeah, like not Comic-Con's finest moment. But I like didn't think uh so. I wasn't I wasn't a <laughs> fan of that. That's kind no. of a it, they were just plagued by that, and it happened, it was happening every day. It didn't happen on Sunday. I think it think happened it did. Friday, Saturday. I don't remember hearing it on, on Sunday, but maybe I, I, I just know. heard so much of it that I couldn't hear it anymore. It's like when you're in a room, it smells like farts, but if you're there for like an hour, <laughs> it you just can't smells smell like room, it just smells <laughs> like air. You know? Um, That's your body being like, all right, I we just need to adapt. <laughs> Mother nature, adapt, <laughs> Darwinism, adapt or die. Adapt or die. <laughs> oh my God. Um, um right. Yeah. So, Another thing I had here, the Alex Ross booth I wanted to talk a little bit about. I am, yeah, because, I almost forgot about that. Because, uh, the, you know, the years I went, the booth was much smaller. Now it's almost, it's dressed up like, like a art exhibit. It really is, yeah. yeah it's like an art exhibit at a museum. Yeah,
0: yeah. Usually, yeah.
1: like in San Diego, it was usually just like a
0: square-sized booth. Yeah. And it didn't have like the rows of stuff. You yeah. just kind of walk around, see his art, and then you could buy some if you want. They had things kind of up in the back, but that was it. Yeah. This was way better laid out.
1: Yeah, this was laid out like, like I said, like an exhibit, and yeah. uh, I think Ross is kind of playing to the um, art enthusiast, Absolutely. Uh, like the uh, like the fine art yeah. enthusiast. So yeah. that's and that's kind of the that's kind of the motif that was there for the, for the booth, and specifically, his, obviously, his comic superhero stuff is incredible. And like, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast doesn't know who Alex Ross is or what he's done. Marvel's Kingdom Come, Justice, like all these wonderful books, all the wonderful like pinups and stuff. Uh, But what he's done recently that I was just literally melting for was he did, uh, I think it was six uh, images for uh, the universal monster films. Invisible Man, Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein. Creature. Creature. That's five. Did he do, I think he did two Frankensteins. He did one for Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, he did Bride. Yeah, he yeah, did he bride. did Bride as yeah. well. Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, so six. These things, the way they were presented side by side, I have never wanted to spend ludicrous amounts of money in my life more than in that moment. Yeah. I'm a very controlled shopper, I would say, unless it comes to sale games on digital digital sale games on PSN. You splurge. I just, I just fucking buy Jesus. like $6 here, $12 here. Anyway, but... Posters, sorry, those, those, and they were like $700 or whatever, something like that. They are absolutely gorgeous, and one day I will have all of them. One day. One day I will have all of them. They're absolutely gorgeous. Great booth. And uh, and uh, they actually had, they were selling, or they will be selling a Blu-ray of like the Wolfman and, and stuff with the Alex Ross painting as the cover. I'd be interested in picking that up, but uh – but yeah, Alex Ross booth, very very cool, um, interesting evolution for that booth.
0: I yeah, I agree. Um, yeah.
1: It just looks really good. Like yeah, all
0: of like, I everything's like. I think the cheapest thing that you could buy there is like hundred bucks, maybe. Yeah, it's all really expensive,
1: like- and you know, Alex Ross never himself like shows up. Never. It kind of sucks, but um, it does. I, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. He's kind of an institution. Like he's like I, I don't think that guy has to do anything new for the rest of his life. He'll no. just make all of his money in right. shows like this, where people buy his art for exuberant amounts of money. But yeah. uh, is that an airplane? That is a helicopter. That's
0: a helicopter.
1: Yeah, or a plane. It's a prop it's plane, I think. Yeah, it's a prop it's a No, it's just some kid outside the window running around with a plane going, <laughs> keep it down. <laughs> keep it down out there. Um, yeah. So, uh, what, what else you got? You
0: got um, I actually, I checked out, there was a pretty quick, um, uh, Sons of Anarchy booth.
1: There oh, was, I, never saw, I didn't even see that. It
0: wasn't really, a, it wasn't a booth. Sorry. Um, It it wasn't a panel like in one of the rooms where you had line up for. You you know where... Okay, there was this uh, like a classics gaming area towards back. And then there's a stage with couches and stuff towards... Basically, that's where they were. There was Theo Rossi and uh, the guy that played uh, Ope. um, Opie? Opie, yeah. I can't remember remember the guy's name. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I gotta look that up. But basically, they were there. Um, It it wasn't anything like crazy. They were just there answering some questions and stuff. But my God, like the guy that plays Opie is... He's a giant. He's a giant. Theo Rossi, so I'm 6'1". Theo Rossi is, my guess is he's like maybe 5'9". Theo Rossi. Um, I gotta look up the guy's name. But uh, he's... um, Harry... Ryan Hurst. There it is. I wanted to give it... Because the guy's actually... He seemed really cool. Um, He is probably about 6'6", maybe. Dude's huge. He's a very tall dude. Like when he walked by, I was looking up. I was like, oh shit, look at this guy. Yeah. but like they, all, they, I I don't know. Uh, he didn't really seem like he wanted to be there, with Ryan Hurst. No. He just kind of was, you know, kind of just chilling. The Opie? Yeah, Opie. Yeah. Um, Theo Rossi was a little bit more. Who did Theo Rossi him. play on the show? He played Juice, the character Juice. Mm, can't remember. He's been in movies. He's Has been he? in movies. He was actually just in uh, the Daredevil uh, TV
1: show as well for I season not two. Seen that. No, wait,
0: no, not uh, Daredevil. He was. Um, Let me just look this up. Luke Cage. He was in Luke Cage. Um. The Shades was kind of the nickname that they gave him. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Recognize him? Yeah, yeah. yeah I do. Yeah. Um, I've actually I met him randomly in a hotel. Where was I? I was at uh, one of Gordon Ramsay's uh, restaurants, which was in a hotel in L.A. When some yeah. of my friends came to visit, so we were going. And I think I forgot my wallet in the car, so I had to go and get, go out and get it. And I'm leaving to the restaurant to go to the car, and I see him there. And I'm like, oh, yeah. dude, he's like. Hi, it was just him. Nobody else was in the yeah. in the uh, the lobby, so I just look at him like, "Hey, um, I'm a big fan of yours." He's like, "Oh, th- he was just really, really nice." Like, yeah. I, I kept it quick because he was clearly either checking in or checking out. So I'm like, "The guy's got things to do," yeah. but uh, just you know, quick hello, thank you. You know, you're great. great. Little small fanboying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the guy was really cool, um, and he seemed a lot more engaging. Um, They're yeah. also big like animal fans too. like they animal? apparently Ryan Hurst is like the guy to if you want to like train a dog yeah. bring him to him because wow. he he'll have the dog like go into the toilet to go to the bathroom doing your laundry do my laundry <laughs> bring me a beer all that stuff yeah. like, your dog <laughs> would get
1: that down so apparently That's he's like I, the dog whisperer the dog um, whisperer yeah man like I, I even Opie on the show seemed like a guy oh, man a few words dude so, he was strong silent type he wouldn't yeah. say a lot but when so he maybe he's actually like that Maybe. maybe that's like, maybe that's just maybe. what he's actually maybe. like.
0: He didn't seem, I, I, I take back what I said. He didn't seem disengaged. He did just seem quiet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. So,
0: anyways, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I got to check that out. Those guys were all really cool. Um, uh, the VR comics thing, I don't know if there's much to talk yeah. about there. Uh, uh, oh, Madefire
1: oh, is this company that does fire, this yeah. uh, application online. I think it's a cloud application. I used it a little bit. It's to, you know, you could do comic books and you could do motion comics and they were promoting sort of VR comics and we got to throw on the goggles and to goggles. And, yeah. The goggles, they actually did something. They did. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, you know, you look around it, it the artists had done 360 art yeah, and you can look around and they had sound effects for the motion comics and stuff like that. It was actually kind of a, it was kind of cool. I liked it. I just don't see how it can catch on, especially when you have, uh, interactive, yeah, uh, interactive media. Yeah. For, for the, for the VR. I like that. I think it's more, it's like, it's almost like, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I think it would be a very niche market. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and I think there are people because I would enjoy it. I just don't see it catching on when you have interactable 3D real environments. Yeah, And, uh, you know, why would anybody want to look at a 360 piece of art that I, I, doesn't really move or I interact? S- I can see the, the appeal to it.
0: Um, but the thing is, is... It needs to not be a big honking thing that put you got to put on your face and then also put on earphone. Like it's a lot of setup and it gets uncomfortable over time. Well, and I mean it, that's that's general though. That's, that, that's in general, that yeah. I, and that's kind of what I feel about VR right now. Like okay, it, got to, it has right. to get to a point where it is a lot less cumbersome to just pick up and do something. Like getting in a game, that's one thing because you're getting up and you're moving around and doing some things and you're yeah. interacting with it directly. But just to read something like. If I want to read something, pick up my book, that's all I got to do. Yeah. The most straining part about that is having to hold the damn book.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: But like putting something on your head that you're going to get hot under over time. And Especially head and head, to read. Like to just read. Just to read. Yeah. That's what it's, I mean. Like I that's see not that going to catch on. If it was something like the, the Google Glass, which I don't even know if that's still a thing. Yeah. But um, if it was just something like that that just clips on, like something small and that's all you really need. Yeah. That I could see catching on. Yeah. But something that's a full VR headset, nah, I don't know about that. Yeah. it's a cool idea, but I just I don't think it's gonna fly.
1: Fair enough. I agree. I agree. I think it was kind of a novelty. Yeah, it's not really going. Novelty's a good way to put it. Um, the lore, uh, lore is a podcast uh, done by a guy named Aaron Mankey. And, uh, there's a TV show coming out and they had their huge, uh, they had this weird like oddities sort of, uh, uh, museum built on the outside. Extremely long line. Of course I didn't go because yeah. I'm old and cranky. Old crotchety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I really wanted to go, but there's always a huge line to get in there, but I'd, I'd heard of lore and I'd never listened to it. But since Comic-Con I've been listening to, I listened to like 20 episodes of lore. No way. Yeah. And nice. they're only about, you know, they're only about 30 minutes long. Um, really great stuff. Aaron Mankey does a good job of taking mythology and lore of our uh, of you know of a bunch of different cultures and telling really sort of creepy stories, but also trying to attribute those stories to trying to answer the question why. Like why are we telling these stories? Why do we believe in them? Where yeah. did they actually come from? Right. So it's almost like a nonfictional. Uh, mythological explainer but it also maintains that cool atmosphere of you know it's something cool to listen to around, especially around the Halloween season so sure, sure I really enjoy it so if you guys haven't listened to lore yet and you like that kind of thing like, um, sort of X file ish kind of uh, uh, but but more mythology based you learn a lot about cultures around the world too in uh, different time periods and stuff and I recently listened to one about uh, that takes place in Canada along the St. Lawrence River Stuff like that. It's 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 cool. So uh, And I, I only started listening to it after seeing all the promotion they were doing for the Lore TV show at Comic-Con. So nice. So something to look at. Something to look, look forward to if you guys are interested in that sort of thing. Sweet. Um, MK, 25 years, that's, right? That's what I was just going to mention. Yep. Okay. Yeah. The only panel that we went to was the Mortal Kombat, 25 years of Mortal Kombat panel, which was actually a lot of fun. We came... It was a big ass line, but I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna. This one's worth it. I was. I was. It was worth it yeah. to, uh, you know, suppress old man Atul and like, yeah. Be like, I'm gonna wait in line for this one because you know, Mortal Kombat's been pretty much a consistent thing in my life since it's come out. So. Yeah. And you know what, too? I've never seen Ed Boon. Um, I've
0: never seen the Mortal Kombat uh, panels before. All the other ones that we would we could have gone to, like the DC ones. Yeah. and the other one. All the people there I'd seen, so that was the other oh, thing. Oh, yeah, so sure. really, Like, I've seen Jim Lee like a, like a dozen times, yeah, so yeah. He, he's, a, he's a god in the, in the comic industry, but yeah. like, yeah, been there, seen that. Nice yeah. guy, nice guy, yeah. But uh, but something like that, that, I think that also is what helps draw us to and accept standing in line for a little
1: yeah. Time. That's true. I mean, it, it, it also, you know, when I said that Mortal Kombat's been there for, for most of my life, actually, there was a long time I never played Mortal Kombat. I played Mortal Kombat 1 and 2... Skipped everything else up until Mortal Kombat 9... But when Mortal Kombat 9 and then MKX came out... Yeah... And then obviously Injustice and then Injustice 2... Yeah... I, f- I found that these guys were making like... Really great fighting games... Fully featured fighting games... Yeah. $80 Canadian, $60 American worth fighting games... Yeah. Like... You were not getting... Uh, you were not getting ripped off... No... like it, They have DLC but the game itself is so fully featured. Yeah, you don't uh, need the you DLC. You don't need the DLC no. to enjoy the game. And, I, and the game is so wildly yeah. packed with stuff. You'll it'll take you so long and to do all challenges and, and gear, gear and all kinds of well, stuff. Well, for, for injustice gear, yeah. but yeah. like MKX had the crypt Same thing. Yeah, the crypt. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was just like, oh, it's amazing. It's like they put so there's so much love that goes into these games, and that's why I really like the developer, which is why I kind of wanted to stay in line yeah. and, me, and meet some of these guys. Yep so they had the panel it was really great Ed Boon you know leading the charge yep. but a lot of the other folks that had created Mortal Kombat were there background designers music designers yeah we actually we got lucky oh, oh right one yeah. other thing to
0: mention too because he doesn't work at NetherRealm Studios anymore I don't know if there was a falling out or something like it that. sounds like there might it have been it kind of might have been yeah, yeah. but uh, John Tobias was there Tobias, as well who was yeah. the other um, the other co-creator yeah and artist. artist yeah he did a lot artist. of his artwork and exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he's actually the second part of the character Noob Saibot because Noob Saibot is just Boone and Tobias backwards. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, he was there, which was kind of a big deal. Um, but we also got lucky too, because when, by the time we got in through the line, which is again, big ass line, yeah. um, they're like standing room only. Like, oh, ah, right, the shit. right. So we're standing at the back. And then all of a sudden some girl comes up to us and she's like, we got a couple of seats that are in the reserve seating. If you want to go down there, I'm like, huh, reserve seatings. Sweet. And then we walked down and we were there and, Lo and behold, we're also seated completely behind like a row of all the other developers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Developers. There was the dude that does the, the, the no, combat cast yeah. or whatever. I called? can't
1: remember his name, but I've watched so many of these combat casts yeah. with him and two other folks that issue, like, talk about new features. If there are patches coming out, especially patches, if there's a new yeah. game coming out, character reveals, super reveals, fatality reveals, all of that. they... They treat their community with a lot of respect and put all this content, and he's the guy that does it. Yeah, and he's featured heavily, and it was just fun to meet him in person. Just he was to a hear nice him. guy, very nice guy. Yeah, just to hear him talk about what they have coming up next and some improvements they're going to be making to the show that they've got. Um, yeah, so it was cool to meet him. And, yeah, and we got really dope, like, like. You get a lot of swag there, you know, a couple of free previews and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yo, we got like the like a Mortal Kombat keychain and I'm like, it I took, might, I will actually use this. I've got
0: it sitting in my office right now. I've, yeah. <laughs> I, I got it because I took it out of my bag. It's in my office. I'm going to put it on a keychain. Yeah, I got to do that soon It's as well. beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, th- yeah,
1: t- totally worth going to. Uh, definitely enjoyed it. There was a couple of neat
0: stories that came out of it. Um, there was one in particular that made me laugh. Um, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head now, though. If I, if I remember, I'll go to it. But the one thing that I took away from that was I thought, and I, it would have been nice to ask them this question,
1: but the, the question line was, oh man, it was, can we talk <laughs> about the question line? Yeah, for yeah. A talk about the question line. Cause like, I, I you know, I would have loved to ask a question there, but the your question line filled up really quick, which is cool. I like that. I like that people are engaged and they want to talk, but the questions that came out were questions like the one guy. Why did you
0: take Noob Saibot out of the yeah, game? Yeah,
1: Why did? You, yeah, why? Why isn't Noob Saibot in yeah. like the game? And I'm like, I feel like, the, I'm, I can appreciate the fan, the fanship of this game because yeah. I'm a big, I'm a fan of the game, yeah. right? I just it, but the thing is, it wasn't an MKX or the next MK. It wasn't a game panel. Right. It was a panel about the creation of the game. Exactly. It wasn't about. It wasn't promoting a game.
0: Yeah.
1: A lot of the questions were 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 fan specific questions, like, "Why is Noob Cybot not in this game? And why did you make this decision for in this game?" And it was just like very specific. And I feel like. Even, like, Ed Boone like, answering the questions kind of, like, kept them pretty short. Yeah. And just kind of... And, and, and that kind of sucks for the people asking them. And I, and I know where they're coming from. I just... I think they just missed the context of the actual panel. Yeah. Uh, there was a great question around the violence yes. in the game. And I can't remember I can't remember the actual question. I just remember Tobias. Was, I
0: remember this. It was um, uh, how how did the, the the whole controversy around the violence stuff affect, affect you yeah. personally? Yeah. And he opened
1: that up to the entire panel. And I thought that would that yeah, to your to your point, that's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah, and, and Tobias uh sorry, what's his name? It's uh, John. John. John Tobias, Tobias. yeah. Tobias. He, uh, he answered and he gave a great answer and he said that, look, like there was a lot of press about pushing violence on uh, – originating from video games and, and movies and stuff like that. He's like – and he made it very simple. He's like – I think he's from Chicago. They say he's from yeah. Chicago. He's like I'm, I'm like you know – I'm from the hood in Chicago. Like yeah. I lived in a pretty bad hood. The hood was bad before Mortal Kombat came out we didn't need moral combat for the hood to be rough. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah, For there to be violence. Yeah. And it was a very, like, succinct, like, answer that made a lot of sense. And yeah. I was like, and you get, and and with that kind of question, you get, uh, you know, insight into the person. Yeah. You know, like, and that, and, and I was I was hoping, that was pretty much the only one of the questions that was kind of like that. Yeah. The other ones were very, like, uh, kind of surface level questions about, you know, the game and stuff. Agreed. Yeah. Um, a missed opportunity, I completely, think. Completely, completely. Um, the, uh, the
0: one question I would have asked them, because to me, like, that whole, that entire panel was very, for, I would think for a young person, a very inspiring thing to listen to. Because sure, these were yeah, guys that, yeah. that came up, they were like 20, 21, or not even, I think they were teenage, they might have been ni- 19 when they, well, they were they must have been 19, maybe even 18, when they were actually working on some of this stuff. Yeah. And then it wasn't until early 20s they, they hit on Mortal Kombat. Yeah. But, like, the amount of sacrifice and dedication that they put towards doing something like that, that's the shit I would have liked to hear. Like if somebody went up there and said, this would have been my question would have been, what would have been the, what, what is the biggest piece or the most important piece of advice that you can give to a young person about, you know, aspiring and trying to chase after something that they truly believe in some kind of dream that they want to put out there and have people enjoy something like that. Um, I would
1: love to hear that answer. Yeah. No, I mean, they really push the boundary in all their stories about essentially just, you know, uh, the stories about the creation of the original game. It's just, they're all like, uh, they're all really good and really inspiring. And like to hear more of that would have been great. We also hit the uh, Wacom or Wacom booth. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Wacom. They make uh, designer tablets. So the drawing tablets. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm just trying to
0: picture in my head how you pronounce it. Yeah. Wacom. (laughs) (laughs) Whack'em! Whack'em booth. Uh, Whack (laughs) on, whack off. (laughs) I've been drinking. (laughs) Um, I think it's wake up. I think it's... (laughs) Like this recording, right. is take,
1: this recording, is okay. recording this recording has taken longer than the actual recording time, time is. Okay. <laughs> and in this time and the reason for that is that there's been there's been some third party noise, so we've broken whenever there's been noise and and uh but the problem is we just like kept drinking, so the actual recording period <laughs> We keep lining bottles up on the table. <laughs> yeah, so now there are like four of these like uh these big bottles on the on the table and we're just into the Just wrapping up the fourth one now. So, um, yeah, things are steadily deteriorating. (laughs) Anyway, so we went to the... Wacom Talop. Wacom. Wacom Talop. I'm looking it up. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was really interesting because m- my wife had bought me a tablet, which is what I do most of my art on these days and uh, poster designs and stuff just for fun. And uh, it was cool because there was a guy using one of their larger tablets there. And I had a question about like some a problem I run into all the time. And he kind of gave me this little tutorial on like how to not have that happen. And I asked him a bunch of questions and he was like really nice and was um, – Gave me some pointers, and you know, hopefully, I'm going to apply them to the next piece that I start. So, that that was interesting. And that, and, and that, uh, and just the fact that Wacom has like such a huge presence there, their, their booth wasn't small, no, it was it large, it was, it was quite big. large. Yeah, it was very big. I yeah. mean, there's so many artists and, and creative people walking around. I guess it around. Makes and sense. Digital, yeah, yeah, digital
0: art these days is massive, it's absolutely massive. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there's a YouTube video on how to pronounce it, so I don't want to play that.
1: Yeah, no, let's not oh, wait. Let's hold not. on,
0: here it is. I think you're good. Hold on. Uh oh, it's sound based. Just play it. Fuck okay. it. All right, here we go.
1: Welcome tablet. Welcome. <laughs> that can't be right. I think it is actually. Welcome tablet. But it's it's but that sounds like a it sounds like uh, one of those uh, textus you know text to voice hey man. synthesizers. Don't that was a woman and she worked hard for that. One. <laughs> she, how much do you think she got paid for that? Not Wac- enough.
0: Not enough. That was definitely not All right. a person. I Any- think okay, hold on here. The leading manufacturer of research is that Wacom. It is Wacom.
1: 100%.
0: <laughs> I'm Dude, I'm reading it like, granted it's urban dictionary now, but it's Oh yeah, uh, urban dictionary proper noun so. indicating the name of the current leading manufacturer and researcher of drawing tablets and tablet technology and other
1: products. Wacom. <laughs> Wacomol. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, so that's pretty much what I got. Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday cosplay—the oh. only one I stopped to take a picture of because he was amazing. He that was walking was around. Point. He was walking around with not with guns, but with the 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 tin cup. Yeah, the tin cup from it's the movie where guys. he does it. I'm just like that's that, was a, that was the that was the
0: kid that was a little. You know what? Honestly, man, like it cosplay, it's the ones that just. And that little fun detail
1: that you stick to you yeah you it, personally it, it like, connects it, with you and that was one of them yeah um, absolutely because I saw, it, you saw you see the get up you're like oh that's cool but then you see the cup you're like yeah. now it went from cool to fucking memorable yeah you know? exactly like, so, uh, yeah. So that, that's pretty much all I've got. Like uh, The Justice League costumes were on display in the DC yeah. side of things. The Marvel booth was as bombastic and in-your-face oh, as Christ. ever. Yeah, uh, I didn't really spend a lot of time there. It was just a guy on stage throwing out people like... People were losing their minds over pins. people throwing up
0: pins. Like, yeah, losing like, you know, their minds. crawling
1: all over each other. I'm like, this is insane. The, the one
0: good thing that came out of the Marvel booth was not Marvel-related at all, actually, was I got to meet the bat and the sun guys. Oh, that's right. They were, um, they were around Aaron, there. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. His father's name, but Aaron and his dad were there, and then also uh, the tall guy that also runs. I can't, I can't remember their names. I feel bad about it now, but um, they were there. They were super friendly. I actually saw the tall, the taller gentleman first, um, and I I went up to him like, "Dude, you're you're part of that in the sun. You Bat do the the, sun, the yeah. you know super super power super power, That's right. And, um, yeah, he's like, yeah, I basically we started talking for a bit and he's like, actually, Aaron and dad are on the way over here right now. If you want to stick around and say, hi, we're about to do like, you know, an interview or something like that. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll swing around. We swang back and swang, 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 we swang back and, uh, <laughs> they were there and I, I just waited out for a bit and said, Hey, I'm a big fan of yours. You know, it kind of gushed a little, but then I mentioned, like, uh, I was actually, like, I've been a fan of theirs for a while, but I was actually really turned on to them by um, a film they did called Patient J, which was a Joker fan film. Right. And uh, their eyes lit up. I'm telling you, like, if you ever talk to somebody that does any kind of media or, or films or anything like that, talk to them about, about their smaller scale projects or older stuff or something that's not super popular. Popular or recent. Yeah. And like, because... Because I feel it, like it they get cool. burned out from talking about yeah. the stuff that hits it. Yeah, big. it's like, oh, yeah, Superpower Beatdown. You've seen that great. Yeah. But, like, you talk to them about Patient J, and they're like, wait, well, what? Yeah, you my saw, dad, man. like, talked to my dad. And he's like, Dad, come over here. Like, yeah. this guy saw Patient J. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's an old, it's it's one of the best, it's actually one of the best fan films I've ever seen. And he's the guy that plays Nightwing. He played uh, Aaron plays Nightwing in all the Beatdown episodes. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Very cool, man. And no, he, plays,
0: he actually plays a really crazy looking Joker, too. I Actually, it's funny because I I, maybe he, he did. They did a beatdown with him versus Deadpool, I think. I yeah, guess. it's actually pretty good, but it's funny too because I was saying, I was saying to them, like, Paul, uh, Paul, I, uh, the, the guy that plays the Joker in Patient J is Paul Melania, something. I should look up their names and put them somewhere so I don't push them later, but anyways, um, I said he's one of the best Jokers I've ever seen, he's probably one of my favorite Jokers of all time. Da, 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 da. And then I'm, I, it, it was after the fact, I was like. Shit, Aaron's played the Joker a few times. I hope I didn't <laughs> insult him a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But I, you know what? I think I, my guess is Aaron would probably have a pretty similar reaction to that too. Because that the guy that did Impatient J,
1: he's... Oh, but it's, a, I think... He looks very Paul much... Paul, Ma- Matthew Miller, Kevin Porter, Kurt Harley. I'm just looking Paul at the Paul Miller, maybe?
0: I don't know if it was Paul Miller.
1: I thought it was Paul something else, but... Uh, Joker, Paul, Matthew Miller. Paul that's Matthew what it was, or as Paul Matthew Mulner, Mulner, yeah, Mollner, that's yeah. what it was. It's, yes, I think Paul Mulner, yeah, um, yeah. He, <laughs> I, knew the guy, I knew a guy. I knew guy in school named Paul Mulner. Really, Molnar. Yeah, was weird. he? He wasn't an Tom actor. Is, he, was, <laughs> he no, he was. Uh, he was uh, an engineer, so I don't think he would have uh, become an actor. But uh, yeah, but, anyway. But this Joker was a
0: good blend of like the. The Jack Napier character from the '89 series, and like the Alex Ross drawn, um, like if you look at the Joker in like Justice. Oh yeah, it's great. I'm just looking at it it now. Yeah, exactly. It's really, really good. So that I might actually throw that up on the on the description as well. So probably look up Patient J. The quality's lower because back when they did it, which must have been like late nineties. Oh, I was gonna say late '90s, early 2000s. So a little later, but it was still like YouTube was just still firing up at that point. Yeah, it wasn't like super big yet. So. I think we had to download this on QuickTime or something. QuickTime, like good old yeah. QuickTime. So, That's yeah, right. um, definitely check that out. That's one of my favorite films that I've seen. That that did that did that did the Joker character in, in general. It's yeah, extremely good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks
1: for thanks to the Bat and the Sun guys for you know just even hanging out for a bit. They were really nice. I think they have a new one out. It's uh, Wonder Woman. No, not Wonder. Yeah, it is Wonder Woman and Thor. Wait, what? is it them? No, 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 sorry, no that's, screw thinking... You're that's Screw Attack. You Screw Attack? Sorry, yeah. I got sorry. sorry. Screw
0: sorry. Attack does a uh, death battle. Death battle, something death battle. Um, which are animated and those yes. are also really good too.
1: Sorry, sorry, sorry. 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 Um, but
0: uh, yeah, the Thor, of Wonder Woman one I, I breezed through the other day. It's actually kind of interesting. Um,
1: cool. Yeah, I'll we'll have a look at that. I
0: usually watch the fight and then I watch the preliminary stuff Pre- before prelim- because the preliminary stuff kind of influences... They, the they give pattern, it away? Yeah. Not give it away. They're still pretty good about it. But, like, sometimes if it's that stacked, this one wouldn't have given it away because it's a pretty close battle. Yeah. Um, but, like, the superhero... There, there was one that they did Superman versus Goku. Yeah. And everybody, oh, I mean, they did two of those. They did they two, did two of those you know. because people were complaining about the results of the first one. The second one was just the same shit. But <laughs> the thing is, is, like, their, their metrics and their comparisons and stuff in terms of their stats and whatnot and accomplishments and shit that they did, it's, like, it's not even comparable. Like... Between Superman and Goku, Superman is so much stronger than Goku right, on right. every level. Right.
1: Stronger, faster, all that shit. Oh man, so. you just pissed off all of our, probably half our user base, which is our listener base, which is like two people. <laughs> at this point. We're, dude, we're in the dozens now. Are we? I don't know. I'd <laughs> like Let's to aim for the so. sky. Let's aim for the sky. Aim um, for the stars, land on a cloud, right? That's no that's idea. how it goes, right? Aim for the stars, land on the clock. Okay. Anyway,
0: I'll be happy to land on a medium-sized tree branch. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much it, man.
1: Yeah, um, no, I, I I enjoyed it. It was good. It was fun. I enjoyed being back in the city. We went to the Slaughtered Lamb, which hmm. is a, uh, a bar in uh, in uh, Greenwich Village, which is uh, the bar from uh, American Werewolf in London. Yes. So that's a little that was a little. Those one kind of, of the fun- most interesting bartenders I've ever oh. I've ever met. She was cool. She was cool. She was fun. They had a bunch of pumpkins on the bar, so we drew, you know, we drawing on the pumpkins and stuff. It's a good time, man. Yeah. That city around fall fall period, and it's really warm there. That's the thing. Yeah, like New York is always great. a couple of degrees warmer than Toronto, and uh, and uh, it was really warm, and uh, it was great to be back in the city, staying back in the old hood, oh, in yeah. the East Village. So, uh, yeah, that's New York Comic Con and Fantastic Fest. I'd say that was fantastic. I, there had to be a fantastic pun. No. I'm sorry. Anyway, I'll, stop. I'll um, stop. Yeah, I think we can wrap it up. I'm Otto Katru. This is Justin Carcassone. Sometimes we do last names. Sometimes we don't. I don't know. I think we should come up with screen names. Cool screen, screen names. Screen names? Yeah, like you know. <laughs> like a, no, like a screen name. Like, uh, like, like. I was thinking, like, my DJ name used to be DJ Toolman. DJ Toolman? <laughs> yeah. Like Toolman Taylor? Yeah, yeah? Yeah. I've never
0: had creative names. It's always been J or Big J. That's pretty much the only two names I've I am I've not known. calling
1: you Big J. You probably shouldn't. I'm, I'm not going to call you that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, next time we'll have cool names for, each, for ourselves. No, we won't. Yes, we will. No, we won't. Yes, we will. You're going to call me Big J. <laughs> See you guys next time. Peace out.
0: You are going to call me Big J. I will I... scream my name. <laughs> Ooh you're the Duke!
1: The Duke of New York! <laughs> that's what he's think of <laughs> the Duke!
0: <laughs> oh god, that's Donald, means... Donald Pleasance.
1: Pleasance. What a fucking treasure that guy is? What's the actual line Who am I? Who am I? And then he's like, you're oh, the
0: Duke! And he forces him to say his name. And then after he starts, after the Duke
1: actually dies, he starts like dancing or something. Not dancing, but.